0: Isn't it beautiful how the Lord works through music? The sweetness of pure heavenly music. Well, today we want to share about special memories. And even more special because they're Sabbath memories. You know, in Exodus, the 20th chapter, in the 8th verse, who can tell me what takes place in the 20th chapter of Exodus. The Ten Commandments. The law of God. The law of love and holiness. It says there, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, to us it's not only remembering the Sabbath day, but God has continue to draw in our hearts so that as we remember the Sabbath day, we find ourselves doing more memorable things upon the Sabbath day. Special memories that are set in our hearts. And we want to share during this time together some of those special memories. Because even in heaven, we will worship God from one Sabbath to the next. Isn't that special? And all through the ages of eternity, we will be making special memories with God in heaven.
1: In Mark two twenty-seven and 28, it says, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And I was noticing that all through the life of Christ, Even though he was the creator of the Sabbath, he also was one who set an example in making the Sabbath day a very memorable day in the lives of the people that he mixed among. That's when some of his most special miracles took place, was on the Sabbath day. So not only was it a healing of their physical or their spiritual souls, it was also for their physical healing, that they would always remember that on the Sabbath day is when they were healed and blessed by God in a special way. And so as God's people today... We need to turn to the Lord of the Sabbath who can make every Sabbath a very special day. Christ um, taught some of his most important lessons on the Sabbath. He healed people on the Sabbath. He met their needs on the Sabbath. And ever since we've been really young, our parents have always tried to make the sabbath a very memorable day not just that we should remember that oh on the seventh day of the week we need to remember that it's the sabbath but that we can always look back and remember the sabbaths of the past because they made it so special for us and now as we've gotten older we help in planning special sabbaths that we can always look back on and recount what god did for us on that sabbath day
2: we won't always have our children with us You know, they get older, they grow up, they leave, they start homes of their own. And what an opportunity we have to bind their hearts to their Creator and their Savior. And Sabbath is a day every week. We should be doing it every day, but a special day God has given us to work on that deep heart-binding and as we have, you know, as Allison shared, over the years we've, we've do, done numerous things. And we've shared those with you in previous camps. Those are on tapes that you can get. And there's so many ideas, we never have enough time to express them. But this year we thought we would, in our minds, we went back through the many years. And we thought of, well we thought of quite a few, but we thought of three special Sabbaths we want to share with you today. And the impact that they've had in our family as our young people have grown up. I remember one Sabbath, this was the first one that came to my mind, and our children were very young. Allison was nearly 10, Emily was 8, and Josiah had just rolled over to 5. And Tom said, Let's take this Sabbath and let's go on a ride. I'm going to take you up into the mountains. Now we live in the mountains, but when he says go up into the mountains, we know he means way back up high in the mountains. So we all got prepared, we got ready, we got in our truck, and we started up the back roads, up into the high mountains.
3: And I had no
2: idea where we were going or what we were going to do, but I just knew that he had something in his heart, and he was leading out, and I was willing to let him lead. And so we got to this place, and he pulled off the road, and I'd never seen this. I mean, we'd been by this this place before, all the way up to the very top where there's some beautiful lakes. But before we got to the lakes, he pulled off the side of the road, and there was an old logging road, and he stopped there. He says, okay, this is the spot we got out, and we started walking. And we walked for nearly, I'd say, about two miles up this logging road. And I can remember clearly that... The road, the scenery around us, the beautiful blue day, I remember the birds singing, and all through this walk, I'm being drawn to nature. I still don't know what's going to happen. And we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we finally came to a place where the road made a little turn, and we could hear this creek rushing along the, the ravine beside us, And as we turned in the row, because it's all grown up with weeds, as we made that turn, there was this old wooden bridge there. And we got onto the bridge, and my husband said, let's stop here.
0: I found my mind being flooded again with uh, the memory of what prompted this. We were driving to a camp meeting in New York, and... We stopped at a, a little rest like a little rest stop somewhere along the way and I don't even remember where it was, but there was a big an unusually big poster and it was a very personal poster. And it was a poster of uh, of a family, their heart cry that they had just lost their daughter a few days before, in a little tiny town that we were driving through, a little rural village. And their little girl was just out riding her bicycle. And that's the last they ever saw of her. And I saw that sign and it made such an impact on me. I mean, I've seen all the, you know, the missing children things. And, you know, you see them in stores when you go in. But this one was so graphically personal. And it had just happened a few days before in this little town. This wasn't New York City. This was a little town, a town of maybe 500 people. And their little girl had been taken. And it set my mind to thinking. And my mind went back to the experience of Daniel. And my mind remembered little maid in the Bible. And I thought, what about my children? What if one of my children is taken from me? What if one of my children would be taken away? We would be separated by some circumstance. Would my child be ready for that separation? And I never said anything to my family. I pondered these things in my heart. And I went back and this was the theme on my mind when I said, stop here. This is the place. And we stopped on that bridge and I shared with my family the heart desire that I had that if somehow, someday, we would be separated, that my children, that my wife could hold on to the hope that every one of us as father, mother, brother, sister was praying for the one who was separated, that their faith would fail not, that no matter what the circumstances they would be in, That they would know and that they would remember this. This was one of those altars. And I will never forget this day. Where we made a commitment to God. And we made a commitment to each other. And when we prayed together there on that bridge. We prayed that God would forever put this in our minds. That we would never forget it. And if we were ever separated. And we don't know what's ahead, do we? We know there's a time of trouble coming on this earth. Such as never was. But that if we would ever be separated, that we would let God put it in our minds that all the other members of the family were being faithful and were praying and that one day we would reunite with God no matter what happened to us.
4: That Sabbath has always stuck in my mind as a really high day. And even though I've never really been lost from my family all by myself when I didn't know if I would ever see them again, I've always thought of it many times throughout the years that if I ever did get lost, that would always be such a comfort to me to know that everyone in my family was thinking about me, was praying for me, and praying that I would be faithful and that they were making a commitment to me to be faithful as well and that we would have that day to reunite whenever the Lord would come, if not before. And it was just such a highlight in my mind And it's just been one of those things that stuck with me for all these years.
5: As I see it, that's where the importance of our own religion as young people comes in. Because we can't just have it as the religion of our parents, just doing what they tell us to do. Because we may not always have our parents there to depend on. We need to have our own experience with God. So that should something happen, and should we be separated, we can have that hope of coming back together... And being reunited. And so that Sabbath is especially good for us as young people to help encourage us to make our faith more present and pertinent to our daily lives.
1: I too have never forgotten where we stood when my father brought it to us. You know, not in a scary way or this is what's going to happen, but if this should happen, can we all commit to each other that we will be faithful? And that just made such a deep impression on my heart that I've never been able to forget it. Could I let my family down? I want to be faithful to the very end. And just it's been a very good inspiration and a comfort, like my sister said, a comfort to know that whatever happens in this insecure place, there is a secure hope if we'll be faithful. And just it's so encouraging to know that as a family, we're striving for that goal. And whatever whatever path God brings us across, he is able to carry us through if our faith is founded in him. And we will be reunited if we're all faithful. Well, I can visualize
2: that spot as if we were standing there right today. You know, the older we are, the stronger the impact is on us, I believe. And, um... I have thought of that through the years in different circumstances, but it came very real. That Sabbath came very real to us a few years ago when we were traveling overseas, and we had quite a very stressful itinerary through Europe and ending up in England and on our way to Ireland. And uh, we got into London, and we lost our two girls on the London Underground. We in America are used to trains leaving at a time, and if you're there 10 minutes within that time, you get, still get on, but that's not the way it is there, especially the inner-city commuter underground. It's not for long-distance traveler. It's for the commuters of the city. And we got on the train, and our girls were ready to get on, but there wasn't room, and they went to the next door down on the train car to get in, and the door shut, and the train took off. And there our girls stood. We had the tickets, we had the money. We knew where we were going, and they didn't know anything except to hold on to the Lord. And that, at that moment, you can imagine what happened inside of me. Human panic wants to grip us, and the Lord called to our hearts—my heart, my husband's heart, and to every one of our children. Two that were left behind, and Josiah, who was us, was with us, and we prayed. And I thought about this Sabbath. I knew that if we never saw them again, I had the hope and the confidence to believe that we would be reunited with the Lord. So let's use these Sabbaths as an opportunity to make deep commitments first to God and then to each other.
4: Well, a lot of times we tend to think about Sabbath outings in nature as being something that we do in the summertime, right? go for a hike or go up into the mountains, but not in the winter, not when there's lots of snow on the ground. Well, I want to tell you about a winter outing that we did. We decided that we would take a picnic and get our snow pants on, our boots and our coats and all of our winter gear and hike up into the mountains just above our house, just straight up the mountain. And so we packed some hot soup and little thermals and put it in a backpack and headed out. And we hiked up this mountain through the deep snow, and then when we got to the top where we were going to stop, we were able to discuss some very practical lessons that we discovered on the way up the mountain. The primary one being that going uphill in snow is a tough job. Now, do you think that has any parallel to the Christian life? The Christian walk is an uphill battle, isn't it? All the way. And the other thing we noticed is if we stopped... And we sat down to rest. think we stayed in one spot very long? We start slipping down the side of the mountain on the snow. And that's what happens So often. We just think we get to like this plateau in our Christian experience and we'll just rest here for a while because we're comfortable. But in reality, we're not staying in one spot. We could be slowly slipping back. So we had to continue pressing forward all the way till we got to the top. And so we were able to discuss that as a family in practical ways. What does that mean to us as a family? How can we continue pressing forward? And then somebody else will share with you about the downhill
1: ride. Well, when we got to the top, we were younger back then, too, when we did this hike. So we weren't all sure what our parents were going to talk about when we got to the top. But we sure knew that we got our workout. Well, when we got up to the top, they were sharing with us how the Christian walk may be difficult at times and very trying for us. But... The end result, the reward, is so worthwhile. I mean, when we got to the top and we could see the view, it was so amazing to see all of God's creation. And when we persevere in our Christian experience, all along the way, the Lord gives us signs that he's with us. He gives us tokens of his love. He gives us glimmers of the hope for the future. And as we're faithful in persevering in our Christian experience, we will one day reach our final destination where Sin will never again appear. And it'll be forever beautiful, and it'll be worth it all. We won't even remember what we went through. Just like when we got to the top, we were, oh, we were so hungry and tired, and, oh, we sat down, oh, that hot soup was so good. And then the view was so breathtaking, it was just totally worth it. That's the way it's going to be, except so much better when we get to heaven. Of course, the ride down was really exciting, too. That doesn't... That doesn't necessarily apply to the Christian experience as far as what we got to do going down, but it just—it was kind of, I guess, one of the after joys. So let's pretend that now we're in heaven, and that will be the after joys of heaven. Everything is free flowing. So we just, since we all had our snow pants on, we just sat down and slid down the mountain, thing to the next. It was great.
5: You can tell she enjoyed it. I did too. I I would like to say one more thing on
0: that. <laughs> you know, we need to take the opportunities where the mind is alive and receptive. You know, to set, to set young people down on the couch, now, there's nothing wrong with this because we do this too, <laughs> but to set a young person down on the couch and get them enthusiastic about the Christian journey and say, you know, isn't it hard sitting here on the couch? Can you experience the Christian life? But to take them up the side of a mountain and know before you ever start that it's going to be hard. But they don't know it. They don't know it. They think it's just going to be playing in the snow. But what we know is the snow is going to be so deep that it's going to be a real arduous climb. And while their hearts are receptive to that, to bring through the lessons of real Christianity... And then the real rewards at the top. We need to take these opportunities and use them, parents, to make the Sabbath a special blessing, to create special memories, and to deepen the experience in our hearts and in the hearts of our young people.
2: Well, I had several things I remembered. Again, I think it's because, you know, there's so much. The more mature mind can learn and grasp things more and of course as a mother you're observing your children and it was very difficult i mean it was steep anyway but then when you add a few feet of snow and no trail and it gets it's a lot of work and it took us quite a while to get up there i mean quite a while to get where we finally stopped as our destination and as we were walking, I was thinking about something that I had read. I know you, you're familiar with I don't remember exactly where it is in the scriptures, but it goes something like this. Pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day or in the winter. You may have said it in reverse, but you understand. Winter and then the Sabbath day. And I thought, it was very clear to me. Can you imagine your young family? My mind went immediately to the Waldensian people. That's where my mind went. And here we are, a young family with young children. Let's say we're having to flee. Flee for our lives. Flee for our beliefs. It was really a lot of work. And it was cold. Now, when we were in the process of hiking and moving you know, we were warming up. I mean, we got quite warm, you can imagine, with all those layers of clothes on and boots and everything. But when we would stop, especially when we stopped to eat, I tell you, I cooled off really fast. I didn't even want to take my... Have you ever tried eating a sandwich with gloves on? Mittens. Those real thick, you know, insulated mittens. Try it sometime. It's very awkward. But... It brought back what some people have gone through already and what we may be going through. And the Lord says to us, pray that your flight not be on the win- in the winter. It's going to be so much harder. Because we know that there will come a time when God's people who are faithful will be fleeing. They will be fleeing. And nurture your children in this process. You see, when we got tired, we could just stop and rest. But I remember the Waldensians, and they were fleeing through rugged mountains, and they were fleeing through snow and ice and very difficult circumstances. We've had the privilege of being in those mountains once and walking some of those places those people have walked ahead of us or before us. And um, it's incredible their faith in God, their dependence on God, and God's deliverance of them. So those are the kind of things we focused on as we talked and walked. And the other part, pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day. Now, why would God not want us fleeing, let's say, on the Sabbath It's a day of rest. It's it's a time when he wants us to be able to be free from the worldly cares, the worldly pressures, the worldly influences, totally to be at rest. Now, the Waldensian people, for hundreds of years, they were being sought after and persecuted. And I'm sure there were days that were Sabbaths that they were on the trail, fleeing for their lives. But God is saying, we need to be focused and pray What is ahead for us? And ask God and be preparing that this flight that we may be taking uh, is taken with his blessing. But that he would, as Tom said last night, have mercy. Of course, we serve a merciful Father. But that he would honor just one day a week, give us a rest from that physical work. And then as we decided to come down, it was one of my young people's ideas that we just... Don't go down the way we came up, which was these all these long switchbacks, cuz we didn't go straight up the mountain and where we we'd have been not gotten too far. But it was interesting as we started down from the first level, the highest level we were on, and all we had to do was sit down on the snow and remove our hands, maybe or give a little push, and then within just moments we had descended quite a distance and then we were on the next level where the next you know how the switchbacks go up the mountain we had come to the flat spot where the road was leveled off and there we would stop abruptly and then we'd stand up walk across the little road sit down and do it again you know we got down in probably less around five minutes or less (laughs) now i know it was well over an hour to get up there maybe it's a little longer than five minutes but it was very very quick there were some bumps along the way. You know, the snow hides some of those things that are under the ground, on the ground that you don't see, and they're just, it looks pretty in the snow. They're just all nice and bumpy, but <laughs> the weight of your body, you feel, it would feel what, what you were riding over the top of. But we brought that, when we got to the bottom, we talked to our children. It doesn't take hardly anything, it takes no effort at all to start on the downward. It takes conscious effort to turn around. And set that foot in front of you and continue that upward climb. So this particular Sabbath had a very special meaning in my heart in many different ways. And I just want to encourage you. You're not limited by season. And I know most of you live in the northwest here. So that means you don't have to live in a tropical paradise to have special Sabbaths. All year long, you can make your Sabbath special. And those memories will be forever. Plant it in your minds and the minds and thoughts and hearts of your children. Someday, we will recount those, and they will be a tremendous blessing to us.
5: Well, over the past three years, our family has had the privilege of going on a trip down to Moab, Utah, which is the world's mountain biking capital. And usually we go there on a Monday, and we come home on a Sunday. So we're there over Sabbath. And I don't know how many of you here have heard of Arches National Park. Okay, a few of you people out there have. Anyway, we met some friends down there. When we were in Moab. They're actually here, the Nevlet family. And we met them on this particular time we were there. It was on a Friday that they met up with us. And so that Sabbath, we planned to go into Arches National Park and spend the day together. Not riding bikes, Not riding bikes of course. <laughs> And so we went into the park, and they have this really nice eight-mile loop. I think it's like eight miles long. And it has really nice arches along it, as the park would suggest, Arches National Park, and really neat rock formations. And as we were walking along, we were discussing what applications in nature could be used for our Christian experience. And it was amazing, because sometimes as a family we come up with you know, a few basic things, Five different things that the family sees, but when you're with good friends, you get a lot of extra um, points of view on how those nature objects can be applied to the Christian experience. And we had such a fun time together going through the park. And what really topped the day, kind of put the icing on the cake, was we met with a park ranger there, and he showed us how to get to, told us the way how to get to some old Indian petroglyphs that had that weren't open to the public because. For some reason, I don't know why it is, it must be the selfishness of people, they tend to destroy those things. So he told us how to get there and he said, be sure that no one sees you, get off the trail, and no one sees what route you take. So I must admit that was quite a bit of fun trying to go undetected <laughs> to this special place. But we had a good time together and it was a really beautiful rock wall full of petroglyphs that hadn't been disturbed. So we had a fun time together that day and I want to encourage you to plan to make the sabbath special so that it'll be a highlight that you can look back on and be encouraged by
2: well again i guess that the sabbaths they just really dig deep in my heart and the thing i remember the most besides the entire day being enjoyable was on this trail it was sandy in some places which is a little bit of work to walk through the sand of course arches national park it's down there in utah and it's quite it was quite warm, bright sun, and it's kind of more deserty down there, so it was very hot. But as the trail went through, there was a part of the trail that actually went over what they call fins. Do you know what a fin is? If you can picture picture seeing an arch, you can picture seeing the arch, like the delicate arch in Arches National Park. It's just kind of this sandstone stuff that, that makes like a a big bridge, but it's got a hole in it, so they call it an arch. Well, fins is that same idea, except it doesn't have a hole in it. It's just the sandstone uh, sculptures that are these, like, high bridges, and then there's a little space between, and there'll be another one, another one. Well, this trail went over these fins. But the fin on top was probably, Would you say about as why as this podium here?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> Help that way, dear.
2: Maybe it was a little wider. It's it is perspective, I know, but I'll tell you what—you wouldn't be too comfortable going three abreast across it, I don't think. But I, my humanity—it wasn't like it was just you know this much and the next fin. It was like it was a long ways down. And there's something about me. I like to see things on the horizontal plane and not on the vertical plane. And I started up, and and I can, I don't need. Who do you think was the first one on the trail, starting over the top of these the fin? Just well, he had some, some good he had some company. Sean, <laughs> Shante, Joshua, Natasha, and his sisters. I was hanging out toward the end of the group because I wasn't sure. In fact, I was. Uh, consulting with some of the other parents is is there another route that I could take <laughs> there, I think they said there was one but it was a few extra miles and we didn't really have the time to do those extra miles but anyway my young people encouraged me they were all on the, you know, the, the crest of the fin come on mother <laughs> I think they were just encouraging more than myself too there was a few of us who were hanging back a little bit and it was faith to get up for me and to walk over that because I like to see land, you know, like at least as wide as this podium or this this platform up here. Then I would have been very comfortable. But when it got really narrow, then I was quite uncomfortable, especially with the long drop down. And that's, I remember in that Sabbath, the encouragement from my children, from the Neblet children, the camaraderie that we had, the the working together, not being embarrassed, not being ashamed of their, you know, mother's fears, but that they were encouraging me that, that we could, I could actually walk over the top of this arch and down the other side and, and, and survive, and I was so thankful. It meant so much to me, because sometimes we find ourselves, you know, our families really know what we're like, right, because they live with us. What about our friends? They know our weaknesses. Are we encouraging our fellow pilgrims to persevere in the Christian walk? That was a great encouragement to me that day. Can I add something? Go ahead. <laughs> it's fun to be add? able to add
0: things that aren't in the notes, you know. <laughs> you know, one of the, there were two things that were very special to me. I don't know how it is for you, but. Sometimes it's very difficult to keep the mind focused on Sabbath directed conversation that's encouraging to the Christian walk. And I have to say that we had a day filled with encouraging uplifting talk. And we didn't have to say, "Now that's, you know, that's not good to talk about on Sabbath." You know, that's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Or we didn't have to work hard to change the conversation our minds were decidedly and honestly enjoying talking about things that were uplifting. Second thing that I really enjoyed that day is our two families got on inside one of the big arches and we sang a cappella. And we just sang to the top of our <laughs> lungs in beautiful harmony. And it just echoed. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> so that was just a couple of highlights that I enjoyed.
2: <laughs> but we share this to encourage you that there are Sabbaths that will be special in the memories of your young people. And look for other families. Because all of us are lonely, somewhat lonely where we are. Maybe we're the only ones in our church group that that is feeling this deeper longing, this deeper desire. So look for fellow people, maybe friends, people that you meet here, and connect with them. And then make something, plan something out ahead. I mean, this was planned a long time in advance. And the other ones have been planned, because we had so much fun there, we had to do it again the next year. Except we went to Canyonlands the next year. But do something, plan it, and your young people will really remember those days as special memories. We've asked the Schlittenhart family because we've had some special Sabbaths with them, too. We don't have time to share all of them, but we've asked them to share something from their experience because we know they've had a lot of fun, memorable Sabbaths in their home, too.
6: Well, I'd like to start out by uh, reading a quote that I thought was especially applicable to our families. It's from uh, Testimonies, Volume 6. It says, The Sabbath school and the meeting for worship occupy only a part of the Sabbath. The portion remaining to the family may be made most sacred and precious season for all Sabbath hours. A little bit later it says, In pleasant weather, let parents walk with their children in the fields and groves. Amid the beautiful things of nature, tell them the reason for the institution of the Sabbath. Thus parents can make the Sabbath as it should be, the most joyful day of the week. They can lead their children to regard it as a delight, the day of days, the holy of the Lord, honorable. Right now as as we're kind of my brother and I keep real busy in the week with school and other activities. We really enjoy, you know, just kind of being able to relax on Sabbath um, and spend time reading doing things that we don't get to do in the week spend time with the lord listening to music singing playing the guitar but i know that when we were younger it wasn't quite so easy i remember especially um, when we were about joel was about ten and i was about eight we were going to these meetings and it was a it was a study that we were having with some friends some other adults that we knew and. It was a real interesting study. We really, I, I enjoyed the studies, and I, and I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy them, but we'd stay inside all afternoon. And it was springtime.
7: Yeah, it was. the sun was still going down fairly early. Yeah,
6: the sun was still going down fairly early, but we'd stay inside all afternoon. And it was so hard to sit there and just listen. And we had some interesting books to look through. We didn't have, you know, we weren't, weren't idle. We'd color pictures regarding the what we were studying, or, or we'd look through nature books. But we'd sit there, and Mom would take us outside and walk, but if the parents had a break, they'd just kind of stand around and get a drink of water. And <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't quite my idea of really what I thought we should be doing. I mean, I enjoyed it, but when we started... <laughs> Later, we started taking Sabbaths out in nature, and we'd go and go for a picnic or go for a hike. And just so you know, the waters aren't the only people that like to dress up and go out in the snow and have snow picnics. We try and do that at least once a month in the wintertime, and sometimes we do it more if we, you know, take friends with us. And so once we started started having these nature Sabbaths, it really helped my brother and I to be able to enjoy Sabbath and to make it a special delight.
3: You know, sometimes as a parent, it's difficult to come up with something to really touch the hearts of your children for Sabbath. And I'll admit that. Sometimes I ran into a reluctance on the part of my children because a lot of times I would plan something And it it may be at the last minute, you know, something that's spontaneous. But I wouldn't tell them what my plans were. And there was a reason for that, because they had a reluctance sometimes about doing certain things. But we would push through the situation, the reluctance that we had, and we would go out. And enjoy special trips, special time together, special stories or readings and studies that we would do out in nature. And you know, I think the most rewarding part of it for me was uh, many times on the way home, hearing my children say, that was a really nice Sabbath, Dad. Well, one
8: Sabbath... Weekend, actually, Ed and I realized that we hadn't taken our children camping very much. When they were small and diapers, you know, I got Ed out for one camp out a year. And I grew up camping every weekend we could go. (laughs) But I was grateful for that one weekend, and it, it was kind of, you know, a joke in the family. But we began to realize when they were around 8 and 10, you know, it was really time to get them out. And um, so one weekend, we decided that we were going to go to Priest Lake, Idaho. And there's a beautiful lake there, but it has an extra lake that is wilderness. No cabins on it. There's campsites along the way. And um, you can hike in, bike in, or canoe in. Well, we had a canoe, and Ed had seen this canoe in the paper, and we were able to purchase it. But we didn't have very many other things to really do canoe camping or hiking. But we did have a few old backpacks, so we decided we would go, and the reluctance was there. Because it was not this beautiful sunshine that you see that weekend. It was stormy looking. But I said to Ed, you know, they need to learn even in the hard times, to enjoy the weekend out in the woods. So we packed up what we had. And Joel, what kind of tent was it we took?
7: Well, we took, um, we kind of divided into two groups. My dad and Isaac took backpacks. And they took the little pup tent that my grandma had gotten us when we were probably four and six or three and five, something like that. Of course, that had survived a lot of uh, fun expeditions in the backyard. And then my mom and I took our canoe And we took our tent that we used for car camping Which was a small bedroom It's a very big
6: tent and it's very heavy
7: We we pack it in my dad's sea bags So we packed up in the canoe and they hiked in It was a three mile hike and we canoed And we got there and set up And um, I think my parents have sleeping bags And with dad being so tall he doesn't quite yet have a sleeping bag that fits just him. They have to zip them together to make it fit. So he and Isaac slept in the little tent, and I don't think he managed to get the zipper closed. And then um, I think we had to use some sticks. We had to go cut sticks to hold the ends up.
8: We forgot the poles, or we lost them. I think the
7: poles were lost. And when we got up in the morning, I went and looked, and... They're half out of the tent, and half the tent is about halfway down to the ground.
8: <laughs> well, despite our challenges of equipment, you know, the Lord really blessed that Sabbath. We took, and you know, when you're backpacking and canoeing, you can't take volumes of books. So the Lord impressed me. When we receive magazines from different ministries, if there's an Ellen White reprint in it, and I don't want to keep the whole magazine, I tear that part out the Ellen White reprint on family or, or Sabbath or whatever. And then you can fold it up and you've got something really nice to put in a Ziploc bag. So we took several things like that and we took a storybook. And the setting there, just looking at, it's a, big, it's a small lake actually, but you look upon the mountains and it borders Canada. And we just enjoyed each other as a family. And this was the springboard that started us on our nature Sabbath.
3: Since then, we have done a lot of different options. We have taken car trips. We've invited friends with us to go and share. And I think one of the most memorable ones was still going back to Priest Lake. That's our favorite place to go. But to canoe up the canalway, which is 45 minutes to an hour, through a narrow water passage... And when we came out into the opening of the lake, we headed for one of the favorite campgrounds that we've gone to a lot. And we had friends with us that Sabbath. And we spotted a moose feeding along the shoreline. And we canoed fairly close to that moose. And what a joy it was to see God's big creatures. Because moose are fairly elusive. They don't like to be around people. But to see that blessing of seeing a large animal like that and being able to be as close as we were and just sit there and watch what a what a treasure that was
8: i just want to mention about this family this was a couple years ago they wanted to get together so that was their first nature sabbath and now in this last spring and last year they're calling us up at seven in the morning sometimes what are you doing today and it's been so beautiful to find places close to us that we could just meet for a couple of hours, have a picnic, and read from the Bible. Or uh, I think last time I read from the great controversy about the Waldensians. And you know, we only got about one page read, but the discussion that developed from that topic was such a blessing to them as well as to us. And sometimes they call one, Ed's on duty at the hospital, and their children are gone, and so they take the boys and I. So it's really mushroomed into a beautiful experience from them, just from that one opportunity we shared with them.
3: And if you think the weather's holding you back, we've gone out when there's two to three feet of snow on the ground. And there's some families here that have gone with us before. And you have to take a shovel and shovel off the bench in order to eat your lunch. And people will see you sitting out there at the picnic table with snow all around and you're eating, you're having a picnic in the winter. <laughs> My only caution is, is, if you do that, be sure to use some Gore-Tex or a, a, a blanket or something underneath you because you will start melding the ice <laughs> as you sit there. But to be able to take something hot and enjoy it like Elaine had mentioned... It gives you that fellowship time together. Another one of the challenging things we did was on on Priest Lake, on the upper Priest Lake. There's a trail on the north side of the lake that's five miles long. And we never have yet completed that trail, but one Sabbath we took our bikes and put them in the back end because we wanted a nature Sabbath and we wanted to ride into that end of the lake and enjoy it. We didn't know the trail was a rut. about yay deep, with lots of logs across the trail. So needless to say, we didn't make it all the way in, but we found a spot by a bridge where we could enjoy a meal together. And by then, being late in the fall, it was starting to get dark, and we needed to get out of there before we got closed in by darkness. But those are memories that our boys love. And they're memories that I hope that you will create for your children, because it makes Sabbath a joy for them.
7: Just one little, little last thing in closing: um, the experiences they've been talking about have been um, all uh, all-day excursions, primarily. And now my dad has to work about every other weekend at the hospital. So that's brought some new challenges to what do we do. So, But one of the things, we either go to church or we um, have a nature Sabbath with just the three of us. Um, But one of my favorite things to do, besides Priest Lake, is to go up to the Ponderay River. And usually he gets home about 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And so we pack up and jump in the car and uh, drive north and get to the Ponderay River area. I own Skamedalane Falls area. My favorite thing is um, I like watching birds. And just for a short time, we all get to go out as a family and enjoy the nature and the outdoors and birds. And sometimes if we go far enough on the Indian Reservation, we get to see their herd of buffalo. And that's just one little thing. So even if you don't have all day, find something short. Find something that you can do after church. Go someplace fun that everybody can enjoy. I think Isaac has one little experience more for us.
6: Well, not always are we by ourselves or um, with older youth that we like to that we can fellowship with. Sometimes we're with a family that has younger children, and on those days especially, we really try and make a point of finding some activity that they can take part in and enjoy the Sabbath with us because. Even though my brother and I are at the point that we just enjoy Sabbath just because it's Sabbath. And it's a day to come apart and rest from our schoolwork and our studies and our work. Um, A lot of children have a hard time because they don't have those stresses during the week that they're trying to relax from. And so... We remember, too, that we were that age once. Yeah. (laughs) And so... One time, we were with another family that is here at Camp Meeting, and they live not too far from us, and so we went up to their place for the afternoon after church, and we had a picnic outside on their lawn with them, and then afterwards, we took a Sabbath walk, but we decided to take and have a nature treasure hunt, and we had a list of items that we thought we could find, and we were supposed to find different things like a fork stick and a rock and look for a feather. And so we tried to find these different objects, and the children had so much fun looking for them. And then when we got back to the table, they got to get their little objects out of their bags, and they had to tell an object lesson that they had learned from one of their objects that they had picked up. And it was so much much fun, and it was so neat to see the children interacting with us and having, we were all having a good time together, sharing different lessons. And sometimes they came up with really good object lessons. And it was so powerful to see the Bible and the spiritual input that they had had in their lives sinking in and taking place. And to see them enjoying Sabbath and having it be a true delight.
0: Well, we hope you're getting inspired to make some special Sabbath memories. Are you inspired? Okay, that sounds more inspirational. (laughs) The memories are not just for memory's sake. The memories are drawing our hearts toward God and binding our hearts together as families and as brothers and sisters.
6: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.